Welcome to the Be Perfectly Healthy podcast, an integrative health podcast by Center for New Medicine. We created the Be Perfectly Healthy podcast as an extension of our mission to educate and empower individuals along their health journey. This integrative health podcast will bring you in-depth expert interviews on a plethora of health topics. Tune in bi-weekly for interviews on how to create a non-toxic lifestyle, integrative approaches to treating complex health concerns like diabetes, Lyme's, Hashimoto's, Crohn's, adrenal fatigue, mental, emotional, and spiritual health, cancer prevention, early cancer detection, integrative cancer treatments, and so much more. Through the Be Perfectly Healthy podcast, we hope to provide cutting-edge, science-based information you can use to create a happier and healthier life for you and your loved ones. Welcome back to the Be Perfectly Healthy podcast. I'm your host, Leanne Lindsay, and today I'm interviewing the one and only Dr. Learen Keneally, and we are discussing all about scoliosis, which is something that Dr. Keneally has very personal experience with. She herself had very, very severe scoliosis, which eventually, after many, many years of suffering with it, ended in her having surgery. So she shares her experience living with scoliosis, the many, many different treatments that she went through and tried, what helped her the most, what maybe didn't help her so much. And then she shares about her 17-hour surgery to actually correct her scoliosis, which was just two years ago, and then her recovery process. So I know this is going to be an incredibly expansive episode for anyone who has scoliosis, If you have a loved one dealing with it, definitely consider sending this podcast interview to them. I'm sure there is something new they will be able to learn here. So with that, please enjoy this interview with Dr. Lee Aaron Keneally. Well, Dr. Keneally, welcome back to the Be Perfectly Healthy podcast. Thank you. Great to be here. Yes. And today we are talking about scoliosis, which is something that you have a very personal experience with. But before we dive into that, because I know everyone is so eager to hear your story, can we just start with a definition? Because many people, we hear this word floating around, we know it exists, but we might not really understand what is happening within the body with scoliosis. Yes, so scoliosis is an actual curvature of the spine, some part of the spine. It could be, we have three parts to the spine, the cervical, the thoracic, and the lumbar area. And so it's a curvature because everybody's scoliosis is not the same. Their curvature is different in every every single person. So um, it's an actual physical curvature that you can see actually on x-ray. Obviously, you'll have to sometimes do CTs or MRIs to look at it more um, definitively. But it is an actual curvature because your spine is normally uh, nice and straight with a a nice, you know, it's a nice curve to it but straight mm-hmm. yeah 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 so it's not curving i guess if you're looking at the back straight right. on the curve you almost can't see it because right. you'd have to look at the body from the side, side exactly yeah, exactly so 
let's one of the things we love to do is really compare and contrast what is a conventional approach to any disease look like versus an integrative approach so in conventional medicine can you let's walk through it a little bit what does testing look like for scoliosis and what does treatment look like from a conventional approach and then we can pivot into more of an integrative approach right well we are conventional trained professionals okay whether we have a physician assistant, a medical doctor, and so naturopaths are not, they're mostly trained, I mean, they are trained with some conventional and a combination of uh, integrative natural approaches. So just for our listeners, it's very important for them to understand that we do our workup very conventionally, okay? Whether it's blood work, whether it's scans, whether it's ultrasounds, all kinds of things and if and if medicines are necessary we will utilize medication of course we shy away from medication because of the toxic nutritional deficiencies that caused from medications and patients need to understand that every medication is a toxin number one i don't care even if it's as simple as antibiotics or any other medication is a toxin. What that means is, is that it is usually toxic to the mitochondria. The mitochondria are the powerhouse engines of your cell that provide you with ATP, the currency of life, which is energy. Mm -hmm. And so it's very, very important that patients understand that when they take a medicine, even if it's something like ibuprofen or Tylenol, those are medications, whether it's over-the-counter or prescription, they are medications, they're toxic to the body, and they, cre they create nutritional deficiencies, one to 10 nutritional deficiencies. So that's why we shy away. Now, I will tell you in emergencies, medications are very important and they can be life-saving for patients. So we are very, very pro that. And if you wanted to be anywhere in the world for an emergency, it would be in the United States because our emergency rooms are amazingly equipped and have great, um, they have great solutions. Mm -hmm. So we don't want to take away from what we have developed over the years. And, and then, but, but, uh, it, but at the same time, the new medicine, okay, I call it really resurrected old medicine because 100 <laughs> years ago, all doctors uh, were utilizing non-medical treatments because they weren't available. The first drug to be available, which was penicillin, which tremendously helped you know, kill infections. But before that, everybody used homeopathy. They used herbs. All doctors had made potions and lotions in their offices because that's all there was, mm -hmm. okay? And so we need to understand that a lot of this stuff now has been used for hundreds and hundreds of years, number one. Number two is that now we have the scientific validation of a natural substance. We have it now. There's thousands of articles, for example, on curcumin. There's so many different articles on all the plant-based we do, homeopathy that is done. I know a lot of people have, uh, you know, have an issue with these things, but there, if you go on PubMed, which is the official source for scientific publications, you can find 
you know, whatever you need to find. For example, mistletoe, we use it for cancer. And we, there are thousands of medical articles, okay, for a hundred years on mistletoe. So um, people think, oh, it's new or it's something um, that I don't use. If they go to another doctor and I'm like, well, if they just go and do the research in what we do, we're constantly doing an exhaustive research to use proven evidence-based compounds on our patients. Mm -hmm. And the way I like to explain it is oftentimes integrative medicine is just, we we do always use at least the standard conventional tests, but yes. very often we have additional tests that we're doing to look at usually full body health, what else is going on, what else might be hiding under the surface. And then same thing, there may be some conventional treatments involved, but usually integrative medicine goes far beyond that and is treating not just an acute area of the body, but the entire body as a whole as well. Well, the body, mind, spirit is a holistic system. So you can't treat the heart without treating the gut or the liver or you know stress or the vagal nerve or anything because the body is a mysterious, masterfully designed organism, and it's all designed to take care of you every single second of every day. So when you look at any of the eight systems, you need to be addressing the cell mm -hmm. and the cells of the entire body, and there's trillions of cells, mm -hmm. and they all talk and communicate and work in synergy together to take care of you and it creates organs and glands in your system to work mm -hmm. okay and so people we we as medical doctors and medical practitioners taking care of patients really need to understand how the terrain of every cell is affecting you every single day there may not be anything additional we do in integratively with testing and whatnot, but in general, what are some of the, if you had someone come in that you suspected had scoliosis, what would be some of the steps, the initial steps you would take? Right. Okay. So first of all, we always want to understand why, where, when, and how. It's always like, when did this start? I will tell you from personal experience, um, I wasn't diagnosed until I went for a college physical at eight, almost 18 years old. And so I don't know. I don't think it was totally no so noticeable or I'm one of six kids and there's just too many other things to be preoccupied <laughs> with that my mother didn't recognize it. But uh, I was diagnosed at 18. They realized that uh, I was one of the children offspring that had exposure to DES. Any exposure to medications obviously can cause very serious interruptions in the normal development. That's why we shouldn't be using any kind of any kind of medications or anything on patients when they are pregnant because we have no idea what part of the developmental uh, cycle of the baby it could affect and so of course with the use of DES they found out that it caused cancer and it caused hormone problems anatomical problems and everything so scoliosis was one of those consequences and so at 18 they said well there's really nothing you can do you're fully developed and so there's really nothing to do but interestingly in my school 
in elementary school, there was a girl who had scoliosis and she literally wore a brace from her neck to her waist. I don't know how we realize that I don't, it's not that efficacious. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think in the beginning, what we, what I did is really um, just monitored it for many, many years because there is this surgical intervention. So you go get x-rays and CTs and MRIs and the doctor will say, well, depending on the degree of the curve, right? So if it's 10 degrees, a doctor's not gonna go and do surgery. They're gonna probably recommend you to go get physical therapy, acupuncture, maybe chiropractic treatments, and non, non-injurious chiropractic treatments. There's a lot of chiropractors who do, do gentle manipulation as opposed to crunch and munch. I don't, <laughs> I'm not a big fan of that. So, um, but I think gentle. I know that um, I personally, back then, it was a long time ago, uh, 40 some odd years ago, they didn't have really any intervention. Mm-hmm. So I was kind of a watch and wait see. So as I matriculated through life, and I had twins 27 years ago, my and aging, my back got considerably worse. So all I, all I did in the very beginning was physical therapy, acupuncture, and just uh, you know deep muscle therapy, massage, and everything. So then it got continued to get worse. So mm-hmm. I went to go see a chiropractor who does something, the clear method, which was developed by chiropractors, I think in, I want to say Michigan or Minnesota, but anyway. So I went there and I committed to going three days a week for very exhaustive two-hour treatments. They weren't like fun, fun treatments. They were very, very intense body uh, treatments, all different kinds, I, all different kinds. I went on different, different, uh, probably 10 different devices. It was quite, quite, it wasn't like relaxing. Yeah, it yeah. was quite <laughs> intense, nothing invasive. So I decided, okay, I'm going to try this. I need to exhaust this. So I did, and then I think I just go, I can't do this anymore. I, I kind of just got like okay no this is this is emotionally compromising me and challenging me and i made a little progress i had a 63 degree curve which was you know very large and mm-hmm. i think i got it down to 54 which is you know it was okay but i mean i have to live also yeah 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 so then I said, okay, what I, the key thing is not just the curve, but it's also the pain that is caused. Some people can have scoliosis and no pain. And then there's a lot of patients that have discomfort and pain. So of course you become an expert in pain. And mm-hmm. I didn't want to take medications like ibuprofen or muscle relaxants or ob- never to get on pain medicines. That's not something you should ever do. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I know if it's an acute pain, you may need those, okay? But in the long-term management, you know, you have to avoid, you have to avoid those in, those long-term mm-hmm. use of medication. Even long-term use of Tylenol or ibuprofen is very, very dangerous. I want to mention this 
as a segue because I have a patient who took ibuprofen for years and they have terrible renal failure, terrible kidney failure. So those listening out there, please, 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 please be very careful with any kind of just simple over-the-counter medication, much less prescription medicine long-term. You need to make sure you have a doctor checking your kidney and your liver because all of these medications must be detoxed in the liver and then they're all passed through the kidney and they can cause permanent, long-term, irreversible effects. And that is absolutely serious and true. So you just trade one problem for another problem. But anyway, um, so I decided to really research non-invasive, non-toxic approaches to pain. So I bought a machine that I saw written up in a magazine and uh, I bought it for the clinic, for myself first. And then I go, okay, well, we could use this on the clinic. Uh, so it actually is utilizing, you know, pulse therapy all over your body, all right? And I, I got some relief. I read about reports on YouTube that some people with scoliosis reversed their scoliosis. Well, I used it a lot. I did not find that it helped i went to go actually before i bought the machine i went to los angeles to a physical therapist who had the machine and i i spent a whole day you know there traveling to do the machine and everything and i went a couple of times before i bought the machine and i go okay i think this is something worthwhile investing in so i did that and I did not get reversal of my curve as I watched and I communicated with doctors in Europe about. Uh, but, you know, I think some people can get dramatic relief and, and help. So then... Can I ask, did it help with the pain, though, I in think general? It, yeah, I think it helped with the pain in general. Okay. I don't think it helped with the anatomical curvature. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So then I also went and did... I we learned our clinic learned about something called prolozone and prolozone is using procaine with homeopathics to help the nerves and help relieve pain along with ozone okay so what does that do well one it helps with the pain but also helps with natural healing Hmm. so that really really helped and i would say i probably did that for probably once a week on a regular basis, maybe every couple of weeks, because sometimes I didn't have time to get the injections. Uh, So I did that. I also did uh, stem cell therapy. So I went to Mexico and I got umbilical cord stem cell therapy. I don't think that helped that much, okay? I think think it helped, something does something, but Mm -hmm. I mean, there's no downside to these therapies. So I believe I did acupuncture for a very, very, very long time, which was very, very beneficial. And there are reports in literature how acupuncture can be very effective for, I think, simple cases. I don't think my case was, unfortunately, was not. It was very complicated Mm because my spine was derotated and curved. So it wasn't like just a curve. It was derotated. The the spine was derotated. So anyway, after can year, I, yeah. Can I ask real quick, just for the listeners, because I know they're going to be curious. So the the 
ozone treatment you said was pro prolozone prolozone okay. pro prolozone they call it prolozone for procaine procaine is long time 100 years of a old well maybe not 100 years but a long time and it is relieves pain and do they inject it in the site of maybe the injury the injury so okay. it could be your shoulder it could be your elbow it could be your knee it could be your back really anywhere okay okay it's amazing and it's instantaneous relief and is that something we offer here yes okay so we do that here at the clinic and it's very simple very inexpensive and rapid rapid relief so mm. people uh, i people are always like oh my gosh i should have done this a long time ago why didn't i do this yeah and so it is and it's not like the kind of treatment that you have to do like every week my situation very different but if you had let's say you had knee pain one or two treatments may be all you need. If you had shoulder pain, neck pain, all, any kind of other pain, it's only a couple of treatments. Maybe mm -hmm. one treatment sometimes for some patient mm -hmm. is dramatic relief for two years. Because the other side of that is, especially if they're a patient here, we're trying to work on what is root cause of this pain so that you don't have it forever. <laughs> right, because interestingly enough, I'm very big on purification and detoxification. I have had many a patients just do a cleanse and their pain in their knees gone. So I tell people, like, before you just run in and go do a bunch of stuff, like, first of all, do some of the fundamental, yeah. fundamental principles of care of the body. And probably the biggest thing that anyone can do today is cleanse, cleanse, cleanse. The American Academy of Environmental Medicine in the last six months had their meeting and every single speaker, every single speaker, they don't know each other before they speak, mm. all said that our number one problem in our world today is pollution. Wow. And it's not changing. So if you don't, I tell people, nutritional support is important, but it won't work if you're polluted. Mm. So I would tell everyone that they need to focus on cleanse. They can work with their practitioner what to do. I'm a big fan of the 21-day cleanse. But I personally do something to cleanse every day. Mm -hmm. Okay, And then there's infrared sauna. And then there's lymphatic therapy. There's so many great, wonderful tools that we have here to assist the patient. But you've got to cleanse. You've got to... Like, for example, if you had flu forever, like, you're not going to get better until I take care of that flu, mm -hmm. okay? Now, your body can take care of itself, given the right support, and then your body just knows how to heal, mm -hmm. has this innate ability to heal. And so, but, uh, but you may have other chronic infections. I know patients I've had mono, and they go, well, I feel like I get an infection you know, like every year and mm -hmm. so forth. So, so we have to give the patients the support of the body to, to nudge itself into healing. Mm -hmm. But going back to the prolozone, it's something been around. I encourage people to, we can download a handout, but also you can go on YouTube. It's, it's something that's been around for a long time, simple, easy, and inexpensive to mm -hmm. do. Now, sometimes patients need a little more heavier lifting than prolozone, and it's called PRP, PRP platelet-rich plasma. So platelet-rich plasma is you take the patient's blood, you isolate the growth factors, and then you put it back in with homeopathics and 
ozone and everything else mm -hmm. so and that is dramatic too so that's very very dramatic so you get those growth factors and they go in and heal mm -hmm. so this is very very uh wonderful to do also if the if the prolozone doesn't work that's kind of the next step up yeah so and i um, imagine you were doing that yeah well. well i did that too uh interestingly for different things so yeah <laughs> I, I you know unfortunately or fortunately now i've become an expert on all these modalities because you know when you're treating yourself you know lots of if you read it in a book it's one thing but treating yourself you get total understanding of what a procedure does to you so mm -hmm. all i tell people requisite if i were going to go see a doctor is they've already treated themselves yeah okay and that they have practiced on their practicing health they're walking the walk and they've done it before mm -hmm. so um but anyway so then you know all of these treatments i did they all had an impact and everything but i came to the point of no return then i thought okay i need to i need to consider surgery okay i'd never really seen a surgeon i mean obviously i've seen orthopedists and stuff but about different things so but i thought okay i'd had patients had scoliosis surgery and it was like oh my goodness these are unbelievable undertakings okay and i went oh this is more than i can personally go through and handle hmm. so i kept putting it off putting it off putting it on and then I came to the point like, no, I can't do this anymore. I have got to, you know, do something with this. So I went to a chiropractor and the chiropractor uh, worked on me. He's a fabulous guy and he did some treatments. And in, when I was there getting a treatment, I talked to a lady who her husband had gone to Germany to get surgery and the germans are just so good with techniques and so i said okay uh, so i started researching surgeons in germany well i did find a doctor who is in germany and he was world-renowned doctor and he was a mechanical engineer oh, wow. before he became an orthopedic surgeon so i'm like okay this guy gets how the body works, the mechanics of the body, etc. And then he went on to orthopedic, but then he was always looking for new techniques and new innovations on how to take care of um, the body, mm -hmm. especially the spine. So I set up a Zoom meeting with him and I, so he seemed very confident in what he could do. And, and I felt like, so comfortable and i didn't have any qualms about like doing this mm -hmm. so several years ago because it took like really two years to like get the consult and do the, the all the you know research prep research prep. preparations and everything it took a long time and then also i had to get my mind and my emotions and my body ready for this big thing mm -hmm. okay so I prepared three months, and I've decided that I was going to do this surgery. So I thought, okay, I've got to prepare three months before surgery. You always should prepare for any surgery, whatever you're doing, 
I don't care if it's a facelift, a breast lump surgery, a spine surgery, any surgery, you must prepare for it because your healing will be dramatically different. So I started three months and of course they required me to get extensive workup because the surgery was going to be, I think they said about nine or 10 hours. And so I had to do extensive blood work, scanning, echo on my heart, lung function, I mean everything to make sure that I was healthy candidate for the surgery because I'm 60 plus years old. So doing surgery on an older person is way more precarious than someone who's 20 years old. Mm -hmm. So three months I prepared myself mentally, emotionally, and physically with IV vitamin C, hyperbaric, nutritional support, all that stuff. And I did, and then I did have two years ago, I had my first surgery. They thought it they comp would complete everything in 10 hours. Well, lo and behold, it was 14 hours of surgery. And so that is a time that I did use medication. Yeah. Thank God for pain medicine. And thank God for all the medicines I was on. I was on. And I was just popping pills like crazy <laughs> after my surgery. Uh, literally, it was something else. I mean, I was popping anti-inflammatories, muscle relaxants, pain medicines, antibiotics. I mean, you name it, I was taking it. <laughs> and so that's just, but that's the beauty of medicine, too, that we have those answers. Yeah. Okay, long time ago, they didn't have all this yeah. availability. But in acute situations. In, in acute situation, mm -hmm. yeah. So anyway, I was obviously when I literally, I was in the ICU for three days for pain control. Three days. Okay, because wow. it was, you know, quite, quite traumatic. I had a chest tube. I mean, it was an ordeal. So I know all about surgery. In another and, country. Yeah, in another country. Right? <laughs> and the reason is people need to understand that why I went to another country is that most of the back surgeries in the United States fail and I knew I had a very, very special situation. I didn't have just a small little situation, but I would encourage everybody really to, that um, looking outside is a, is a good idea uh, because you want to look for someone with the most innovative techniques, mm -hmm. all right, for a big surgery because once you have back surgery, it's not like the kind of thing you're gonna go back and get another one yeah. because, so you need to make sure it's right. So anyway, so I, uh, uh, you know, was in ICU. I had my back surgery in ICU, and then I got transferred. And I mean, I couldn't even walk after the surgery because I had had major, major, major intervention. So my bo the body I had before was not the body I had yeah. after. So anyway, it was a quite, you know, I was in the hospital after the surgery for probably two weeks. Wow. Doing, and I... I had to get up and walk after about a week. It took a week. I was literally bedridden with pain meds and just a lot of things in quietness and meditating the whole time on divine healing <laughs> because I was I was in shock and a wreck after the surgery. Yeah. Okay, literally, I couldn't handle any kind of communication. No TV, no music, no nothing. My nervous system, like, wow, could not handle literally anything, any like, kind of stimulation, any kind of sti neurological stimulation. I'm like, whoa, this is very interesting. You know, like I never knew that that 
even was a possibility. So with time, though, uh, it took a long time, I, but I couldn't ha- literally couldn't handle anything, any conversation, my phone, TV, nothing. So I would just literally sit in my bed and meditate on healing. Uh, and well, it was amazing, okay? But I knew that's all I needed to do and had to do, mm-hmm. okay? So then I came back, and people always go, like, well, how did you fly back from Germany to U.S.? I go, drugs. <laughs> <laughs> so thank God for drugs. And I took, as soon as I got on, luckily I was one of those patients wheeling around the airport in a, in a wheelchair. Yeah. And so they took, they took exquisite care of you and put you on the plane and... When I got on the plane, I took, you know, got med- took medications, and I was, you know, asleep the entire time. And then when I got to Los Angeles, I was picked up in a wheelchair. They wheeled me through customs to, you know, literally pick up. So I was fortunate that I didn't have any um, interruptions in transportation, and I was taken care of. So mm-hmm. it was wonderful. Then I came home and. And rehabilitated. And yeah. when I say rehabilitated, you know, walking 10 steps was a lot. And, uh, you know, little by little and little by little, um, I am, you know, I have rehabilitated. And it took a very, very long time. I did tons of hyperbaric um, after my surgery, lots of nutritional support. I was still on medications for a long time because mm-hmm. that's just the way it is. And uh, but slowly and slowly and slowly but surely. And then that 14 hours was not enough. They had I had to go back three months later to finish the surgery. Oh wow! So I flew back again because they had to fix my disc and my L4, L5, S1, and that was probably damaged with the scoliosis and maybe aging and a little bit of everything and so I went back for a second surgery so I had to really get really get healthy before and then um, be ready mentally physically emotionally for the second surgery. Mm -hmm. Now did you know you were going to have to have that second surgery? Well that's interesting so in the hospital he says okay we didn't finish so I want to do surgery on you. I want you to stay here and do surgery in a couple of weeks. And I said, there's no way. There is absolutely no way you're going to do that. So my husband, and I told my husband, I said, I said, Patrick, I cannot, there's no way I can have another surgery. I, there is just no way. I, I won't make it. I can't do it. Hmm. So anyway, so we talked to the surgeon who is absolutely amazing and just the amazing person and amazing talent. But he said, okay. I'll make a deal with you if you come back in three months, we can finish the second surgery. Because I just emotionally, physically, every single way, I'm like, there is no way. There's just no way I could, no. There is just no way I can do it. So I, he agreed with me. So I got as, you know, as healthy as I can because getting over surgery, any little surgery takes a year, okay? I tell every patient, a little surgery takes a year. I knew mine was going to take more than a year. So... We went back, flew back, did the surgery, again, rehabilitated. And, you know, luckily it wasn't as big, but I rehabilitated in the hospital for probably, I think, a week to 10 days, then stayed in a hotel to make sure I was A-OK, and then again flew back and 
uh, you know, started rehabilitating again with hyperbaric and nutrition and IVs and all of that self-care that you've got to do. So it's been a journey, but I look at my life now, my spine is very, very good. And luckily I know, and we have the resources here at the clinic because I get massage once a week. I get scanner once a week and I do acupuncture on a regular basis. Like last night I did an over an hour and a half with Yukari. She's amazing. Acupuncture um, here and, you know, whenever I can because I have to schedule it with my work schedule. And I have done Equiscope with Anita. So every little bit because when you do that kind of surgery, you need lots of rehabilitation yeah and lots of different things lots of different treatments yeah you're still rehabilitating i still am rehabilitating and uh so because what happened is as a consequence of the scoliosis it's not wasn't just the scoliosis is what it did to the rest of my body so because my curve was to the left my right hip got degenerated so now i'm working on my right hip uh, with all kinds of treatments to rehabilitate and strengthen that because of what well, what the damage I did. Mm-hmm. I had an MRI in November of 2020, just last year, and I had one of my gluteus minimus was torn and um, also degeneration of the hip. Uh, nothing to need a hip replacement. But you've got to do all kinds of treatments. I did prolozone, PRP. I've done exosomes. I did stem cells. I did all kind of things like that for my hip. Uh, and then also what I try to do, of course, I tell think I think in my mind, I'm okay. Let's go on this crazy hikes. So I yeah, go yeah, on yeah. crazy <laughs> hikes, and I mean, people always go, "Oh my God, you're just a miracle." And so I push myself probably too much. Yeah. And then I pay a price because I want to just be normal again. Yeah, yeah. And so I understand with patients, they want to like go and do, but you know, I'm going to be 64. I need to take my time and realize my what I can do and what I can't do. But I always think of the word lim- limitless. Yeah. And I think, okay, sure, I can just be like everybody else. <laughs> and so I need to realize, and luckily with the advancing technology and all the things that I know, that's why I always tell patients, like, I know from personal experience, not professional experience, personal experience, whether it's hormones, whether it's being sick, I have had lots of health interruptions that have made me the enlightened studious doctor that I am today. It's not like I'm just like living, have a happy go life. No, it's not been like that at all. Yeah. Okay. Far from it. Uh, Far from it. And not that, but I'm never in my life. I tell people two cardinal rules. Do not become your problem. Do not own your problem. It's a learning opportunity that the universe wants to teach you Mm. because you learn something and then what do you do? You just go try to help other people. Yeah. And you help yourself and help other people because so much today people get answers like, oh, there's nothing we can do. Oh, no. You know, we go to the doctor. I had a patient yesterday from Los Angeles and he's like, I go to my doctor. He just is like, 
okay, yeah, what kind of drug can I give you to do take fix this? And it's like, he goes, like, no, I come here and I get all my answers. And he goes, I drive from Los Angeles, but he goes, like, I wouldn't do it any other way. Like, I get understanding of my problem and what I'm going to do in concrete uh, direction on what I'm going to do. And so that's the beauty of our our clinic. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying our clinic is the only clinic because there are other doctors that are functional, integrative doctors who are constantly desiring to learn the most innovative strategies to help and assist their patients get better. Mm-hmm. So two things. First, what was the name of the surgeon in Germany? The name of the surgeon is Dr. Bertagnoli, B-E-R-T-A-G-N-O-L-I. You can look him up. Uh, People have done, you you should see, I met people from all over the world there. I mean, he was taking care of cases worse than me, if that's even imaginable. I met a guy from, doctor, uh, not a doctor, a his wife was a physician, but uh, a surgeon. His wife was a But anyway, he was doing his pastime was doing hang gliding. Well, what happened is he'd been doing hang gliding forever. He took Ambien for sleep. He went out one day hang gliding, and the Ambien caused, he thought he was landing a certain way, but then Ambien caused neurological impairment he landed, destroyed his body in more than places, spine, leg, hip, Ugh. everything. He was in the hospital for a month. His do- well, Luckily, his wife was a physician. She would go, and every consult he got, every consult that he had with every doctor, they said, we won't touch you with the 10-foot pole. He goes to Germany, first of all, flies to Germany to get a consult. And so his wife, who's a surgeon, said, I'll go with you. They met with Dr. Bertagnoli, and then they came back, and he was there uh, going to do surgery. I'd already had mine. He was going to do surgery, and I we I sort of keep in touch with him. But I met lots of people wow. from the U.S., not just the U.S., but a lot of people from the U.S. that Dr. Bertagnoli was doing intervention surgeries that no one else would touch, mm-hmm. and they did phenomenally, wow. okay? So uh, he, the guy is just, first of all, he's so talented. You know, it's, everybody has a divine seed. He has a divine seed for this. He's creative, innovative, and just a beautiful person and has a beautiful spirit. And that's the kind of doctor you want. It's yeah. someone who's all in with their, their intellect, but also their spirit and their emotional uh, desire to help people mm-hmm. exactly. and so anyway so I met so many it was nice because I met so many people and they were all going through different things they have different stories and you know we all heal in community right yeah so I encourage anybody if you were going to do something drastic you definitely want to consult um, with someone maybe outside of the United States, they're you know the only doctors in the world are not in the United States. They're yeah. all over the world, and I have traveled to many, many different places to consult with doctors. I have friends in India. I have friend, doctor friends in China. I have doctor friends in Spain. I have doctor friends in Germany. I mean, all oh, Italy, all over the world, because all of us need to cooperate and collaborate mm-hmm. with the world to to find solutions and solutions that are not 
injurious and not going to harm us long term. Yeah, exactly. So now here's something, because even when I was researching scoliosis for this interview, I was even finding that the mainstream documents were all saying, we don't know what causes scoliosis and there's not really anything you can do about it. Correct. So is that really still the case or have you found other things in your journey that point to maybe here's a root cause or here's some early interventions we can do? What's your take on that? Yeah, that's a good question. Most of the scoliosis is idiopathic. Idiopathic is, I don't know. Okay. So in my case, it was drug-induced. Okay, but it could be probably in other cases toxin-induced. The mother is downloading all the toxins to the baby, so we don't know because there's millions of reactions taking place with the baby. You know, Mm -hmm. look, right now, you know, we have autism now is 1 in 40 or 1 in 37. And I tell people in autism, it's the perfect storm of things. That's why it's so important for the mother to prepare her body as a temple to make that miracle and cleanse and do everything, get in the right mindset, emotional, spiritual, and physical mindset Mm -hmm. to have this baby because we're seeing so much, you know, autism's like one of the worst case scenario, but it's not just autism. Mm -hmm. It's a lot of, and a lot of ill ill children have chronic medical problems. Well, children aren't supposed to have chronic medical problems. So I know a lot of it is happening. The weakness, we know that like if a woman is pregnant, the mother's hormones are influencing the baby mm-hmm. development. We know that now. It's been proven. And now tox- toxin exposure is, in, is, is is influencing the baby. Like if you're using an iPad, cell phone, all these things, these are brand new. We don't even know. And so we know it's affecting because we're those are electromagnetic machines and you're an electromagnetic person. Mm-hmm. So these energies, are they colliding? Are they helping you? I mean, what is really happening, right? So, um, so these things are very important to take into consideration and create the best natural uh, non-invasive environment for the baby. Mm -hmm. And I I make a big deal of that because it's something of a personal interest with me that because of my own experience. And then I, I want to just help young people like take charge of their health to, to, to live a different life and live a better life. We can't continue that chronic medical illness is a-okay. But there are treatments, there are certain, you know, first of all, you want to do a a comprehensive blood work on every patient, whether they're 25 or 65. And so doing and checking their hormones, checking their blood, checking their nutrients to make sure that their body is in the optimal environment to to continue to grow, Mm -hmm. okay? So that would be, and then there are specialized supplements for the ligaments of the spine. Um, there's, I, I do believe in, in going and seeing a chiropractor who specializes in scoliosis to see what he or she can do. There's braces that I know that have been uh, uh, effective, in, especially early intervention. Mm-hmm. So I, an acupuncture, all these different treatments, I would try them all mm-hmm. because... Because you never know. Yeah, what resonates for one person really helps dramatically help them could be completely different for someone else. And just because it doesn't work for you doesn't mean it won't be the perfect treatment treatment for for somebody else. So I tell people, try to do some non-invasive treatments and see what works and give it the time. You know, like things don't happen overnight. This didn't happen overnight. So I tell people, you know, let it 
you know, do it uh, over t a period of time. Like I, when I do treatments, I really commit to the time. I'm not looking for a quick fix, yeah. quick fix. I mean, prolozone's a quick fix and it does help, but, <laughs> um, and which is one of those things I tell people it is m pretty miraculous, but I tell people for scoliosis, it's a structural pattern that's taking place in your body. Can it stabilize maybe at five degrees, 10 degrees, or 20 degrees? It, it's very possible. So start working on it now mm -hmm. and utilize the different methodologies we've talked about today, whether it's acupuncture, whether it's chiropractor, maybe it's braces. I mean, there's lots of different things out there that I've seen mm -hmm. and I have personally used. I mean, yeah. they're really, I'm telling you, there isn't anything, braces I've done. I mean, all kinds of different things I've done. I mean just yeah. you can't even imagine but I always tell people like I don't ever go oh that was a waste of time or that was a waste of money I just learned what possibly could help and could help a patient mm -hmm. exactly but the journey is journey is also we all like you said it's it may work may not work but as long as there's no downside go for it mm -hmm. So, exactly. and don't don't get exhausted with the process. So is scoliosis always something you're born with or can you develop it because you were injured in a certain way? Right, well, it could be an acquired. I've had patients that are acquired, but again, we don't know because like who is examining the body real? I mean, I know in, in adolescents now and pediatricians, they're looking for scoliosis. They have scoliosis screenings, right? Oh, okay. So now they have that. But I have many a patient that didn't even know what they were until they were 30 or 40 or 50. So we don't know if that really happened because I don't think anybody was watching it, especially let's say it's only five or 10 degrees. Well, you wouldn't find that out necessarily on a physical exam because the curve isn't enough but then you do that x-ray and you go oh you do have a curve or you go to a carpenter and he's he or she says there is a curve so but when did when did it happen yeah, it probably exactly. most happened most of the time probably in development but it was so minuscule that you didn't observe it on physical exam and when when a doctor does a full exam of the patient bending over and flexion and extension and side bending, you know, you may not have noticed it mm -hmm. until you do that x-ray. Mm -hmm. Because I see many of patients that I'm doing a scan or an x-ray for some reason, they go, oh, you know, you have a 20 degree scoliosis, so forth and so on. Well, and they're like, well, I didn't even know I had that. And then they know, and then they want to do something about it. Yeah. So, but I think probably a lot of it is formed earlier than later we just didn't diagnose it in time yeah so then if you do happen to have a young young child maybe even a toddler who you realize has this I mean could you do a, an intervention surgery just to sort of nip it in the bud or is that just way too invasive for a young child no I've had patients well first of all you probably you probably wouldn't want to do it early because they're growing. They're still developing. Form. They're still developing. Okay. So I tell, I know though, there's some specialized cases of people that have issues that need to be seriously, you know, um, intervened. Okay. Mm -hmm. But I know that I've had patients who are teenagers, like they wait till they're like 16 
17 when they're already fully developed, then they will have their surgery. So they will go and do half of the surgery, like the upper part, and then, you know, six months to a year later, they do the other half of the surgery. Mm -hmm. So I've had patients like that do that because their curve was so in, so bad, but I believe that you should just wait as long as it's not, you know, you're not in severe Severely pain. Severely affecting quality of yeah, life. Yeah, quality of life. But if you could wait until your form, but meaning completely developed, which is probably around 18. And so boys are a little bit later. So 18, you know, it is when the body has been more or less formed. Mm -hmm. Uh, so I think as waiting as long as long as the patient is not in outrageous pain. Okay. Well, and so one of the questions I was going to ask is what is what does integrative medicine add to the scoliosis approach? But I think you already listed so many of the additional right, treatments, which is looking. You know, you want to make sure your hormones because your hormones are influencing bone development, all entire body development. So mm -hmm. we want to make sure the hormones then we want to make sure your nutrition your nutritionist is is directing every cell whether it's vitamin d the bees i mean all of every one of the vitamins and the minerals so if you don't have minerals the bones can't form properly so we need to make sure that's intact okay and the patient's diet is good that they are feeding their body with the correct nutrients i mean your body is a response. I don't care what anyone says is you got to have the right hormones and you got to have the right nutrients to take care of your body. And then there's specialized nutrients for specific problems. Like I use something called Ligaplex. Ligaplex is to help the ligaments of the whole body, not just the spine, but the whole body. So I, those kinds of things. So, you know, we mainly, I always tell people, it might not be your fault, but it is your problem. So your problem is you got to analyze it and look at every possible nutrient. Maybe you need collagen. We start losing collagen in our 20s. Well, collagen makes up our muscles, tendons, bone. I wish I would have started collagen at, in my 20s. Okay, mm. mainly because I wouldn't have so many wrinkles. But <laughs> to be really so. Okay, note but, to self. <laughs> get yes, on collagen. Yeah, get collagen, exactly. <laughs> well, no, that's one thing I'm serious because I remember my daughter. She's like, Mom, I'm already getting wrinkles. Why, how can that be? A, how can that be? And so I started looking up what age we lose collagen. And then I was like, oh my gosh, it's in our 20s. Wow. So we should be drinking, you know, eating bone marrow or drinking collagen every single day. Not just for wrinkles, but yeah. obviously for our muscles, tendons, joints, skin, everything. Mm -hmm. So um, so anyway, so I think it's, uh, you're right. Note to self. So. Yeah. <laughs> of course, girls, we're always worried about our physical appearance. And so, uh, but honestly, it's, it's the internal that makes the external. Yeah. And so it sounds like, as you were saying, really to diagnose scoliosis, you, you need to have that MRI maybe a CT scan but I think here at the center what you're also doing is you're testing full hormone panels you're testing nutritional deficiencies you're looking at is there heavy metal toxicity are there underlying gut infections or infections anywhere Correct. in the body so that is really the step further that we take it versus just all right, have a CT. Yeah, you've got scoliosis. Okay, try some PT. Yeah, good luck. Correct. That's exactly that's the conventional yeah. treatment, but the evaluation of any patient whatever the label is should be the same 
mm-hmm. do a good history on the patient. Understand what was their trauma, what what trauma did they have? What I mean, all, you could need to know their entire history. Okay, teeth, teeth, mm-hmm. the 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 whole history of the patient. Have they had surgeries before? What's their social? What's their in lifestyle like? What is their eating like? What is their toxic burden? Okay. Then you get a good history to know everything about them. And then you do the panoramic blood work. Most doctors do a very minuscule workup. We do not. We understand that 20-year-olds have hormone problems today. And it's, 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 it's just part of, unfortunately, the new industrialized technical world that we have all these toxicities and they're influencing our own production of hormones. So we have to, because the hormones are the natural drugs of the body. I mean, they tell the bones what to do, the brain to do. I mean, they're directing growth and development of us. Mm -hmm. So we have to know what that is. Then we do the nutritional analysis. And in the nutritional analysis, it details toxicity. You mentioned gut. You mentioned heavy metals, all these things. Every single thing affects our cells. So we have to get our, we've got to look at human optimization for every single patient. Then the body can take care of itself. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes we have to do a bioenergetic evaluation of the person because the bioenergetics is the actual energy, like a string of pearls going from an acupuncture point to a part in your body to make sure that your body has the proper balance of systems to take care of you. Mm -hmm. So this is, there is nothing simple about the body, nothing. It's magical, it's mysterious at the same time. (laughs) And so we need to learn to care for the human frame, which is from top of your head to your toe and in every single, you know, addressing every single system and respecting what the body is like Mm -hmm. so we need to respect that and that's what our whole mission here is to educate and empower patients on self-care and how they can take care of themselves yes exactly well dr keneally thank you so much i know people this is just going to be so expansive for so many people i think dealing with scoliosis or a loved one dealing with scoliosis hopefully it will give them some new information they can go research themselves right and you know hopefully benefit them in a positive way too so thank you so much you're welcome